Well, maybe it's the new uh, Apple phone coming out that's going to be in 5G. But everybody's talking about 5G again. We had uh, the CEO of uh, AECOM, uh, Troy Rudd, on the other day. We were talking about the applications for 5G and construction and engineering. There are lots of applications. It's one of the reasons we wanted to check in with the founder, president, and chief technical officer of Innovate 5G, Rashmi Varma, who joins us right now from the offices in Richardson. It's good to have you with us. Good to be here, David. Thank you. So, I mean, initially, everybody thinks 5G is, oh, well, I'm going to make great phone calls. Well, I make great phone calls right now. 5G is about a lot more than that, right? Uh, Yes. Yes. I think when we think about 5G, uh, we are, I think we are tuned to mostly thinking about things like we as consumers consume today which is a 4G LTE networks. But 5G is more than just being a consumer network. I think where 5G really makes sense is, uh, you you know, you're right. I mean, uh, on our consumer networks, we already have, um, you know, use as much as you need bandwidth. Um, We pay a small amount of subscription fee every month for it. And then to, to get 5G speeds, how much more do we want to actually fork out, right? Um, I think the, the, the main thing here is looking beyond the, the consumerism of 5G. Then 5G, where it makes most sense, is more on the enterprise side of things. And that's really where you, uh, come, yeah. in, you come in, as I understand it. Your companies dream up sort of applications for 5G and how they can make money doing it. And you help them, what, test it and implement it? Yes, yeah, so we actually have a 5G standalone lab, a slice-capable lab, where we actually help applications come in and test on a 5G network. Uh, right now, we are, we are going through a little bit of migration where, uh, you know, we are upgrading our 4G networks into 5G. So there's not a pure 5G play currently in the market, but where we come in is to provide the pure 5G networks where they can come in and test to see what it would look like once all our networks get upgraded to 5G. So give me an idea what kind of companies you're working with. What what are they, what are they, I'm assuming it's not proprietary, what are they dreaming up? So quite honestly, you know, 5G is more about, you know, we, we probably haven't seen the killer application just as yet. Um, it is about what people can dream up, you know, take it fr- right. from where we are right now. I think we are more living more in a shared economy where we are used to our regular apps, our streaming apps, you know, the Ubers and the Netflix and the YouTubes. Uh, but, you know, where 5G really makes a dent is if you can come up with things uh, in terms of, um, I think one of the native applications of 5G is um, XR, which we refer to as mixed reality or augmented reality or virtual reality, which isn't possible on our current networks just as yet. Now, let me take that with a grain of salt. There, there are some versions of AR and VR happening currently, but not to the extent that they should. Well, now, is this for um, gaming? So, so there, the different there, there are many industries coming in. Um, the ones that we are we have worked with is healthcare. Uh, gaming is definitely one of them. Uh, what we refer to as Industry 4.0, which is the factory floor automation, uh, that's one of the biggest uh, uptakes in 5G. Um, you know, the other thing that has that has happened and is something com- coming in very recently. It's actually, it was released pre-pandemic. Is a new spectrum called CBRS, 
which is used to create private wireless networks. You know, we are used to thinking about wireless networks in terms of Verizon and AT&T and T-Mobile, which are the consumer networks. And mostly these are one size fits all kind of networks. Uh, but where we will see a lot of the 5G applications taking place is in the private wireless networks. And these private wireless networks would be enterprise networks. And with the release of the CBR spectrum, what we've seen is you don't have to license the spectrum. The spectrum is shared. You, you have to register to use the spectrum. Uh, you know, the, kind, the likes of Verizon and T-Mobile actually pay a lot of money. The spectrum is the most expensive part of the wireless networks. Uh, which is cost prohibitive for most enterprises to put up their own wireless networks. Now with the CBRS spectrum that's come in and with the advent of private wireless networks, which is picking up now post pandemic, um, this is where we see most of the applications which will be placed inside these um, private networks. I don't understand now. What, so why do I want a private network? So, uh, you know, it could be, uh, so during this, so let me give you a use case that Good. actually came around during the pandemic. Uh, schools, when schools shut down during COVID and all the students were sitting at home taking school lessons, uh, they, they, found, they found that many of the students didn't have access to broadband. I mean, surprisingly, you know, especially even, even in a city like Dallas, uh, they had underserved students with no broadband access, or even if they had broadband access, they didn't have enough speeds to come on to a Zoom while their parents were working at home at the same time. And uh, for that reason, a lot of schools have actually initiated putting a network, a private wireless network. Now, these are private LTE networks that they have put in where they have used the school buildings to position the antennas on top of the buildings. And then the network actually... Uh, radiates out into the neighborhoods to create a, a school education network. So it's almost, it's literally, if you can't come into school, the school will come to you over these networks. So that's, that's a big prime example of private networks and, and lots of lots and lots of states, school districts have received care funding to put these networks in. This almost seems like a chicken or egg. You, a lot of these things can't be done if you don't have, for example, the spectrum like 5G. But by the same token, if you just put up 5G, you know, who's going to use it? So, so where do you start? You're right. You know, uh, actually, the, 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 the one thing that people don't realize about 5G is that um, there is a high band spectrum for it, which we refer to as a millimeter wave. But 5G is not just a high band. 5G can happen in mid band which is where the enterprise networks are, and 5G happens in low band, which is where the T-Mobile network is. So 5G is low band, mid band, high band. Now it just depends on which band you're in and, this, and you know, the speeds you'll receive on 5G might be, might be different compared to on which band you are connecting into. Tell me about, um, about your surroundings. You're in the Richardson Innovative uh, Innovation Corner, which Maybe it's the same thing I used to know as the telecom corridor. <laughs> but what goes yeah, on? Yeah. What goes on around you? Oh well, uh, you're right. Telecom corridor. You know, when I got here in 2000, I, uh, that's where I came to work at, uh, at in, Rich in Richardson in the telecom corridor. Um, the telecom corridor is still here. I know in the heydays it was it had a lot of companies here, including Nortel. Um, which doesn't exist anymore. Right. Um, however, you know, obviously some significant work was there, it was done there. 
Um, now, the Richardson Innovation Quarter is not necessarily um, the, the the telecom corridor itself, but they what they, what the city of Richardson has done is they've taken about 1,200 acres um, between uh, the between what we refer to as the Arapaho and the Campbell Roads, right, and between uh, North Central Expressway and Plano Road, and they have they have designated that as the innovation quarter. Now, what they're trying to do is they're trying to attract a lot of uh, startups like ours, entrepreneurs, venture capital firms. Uh, UTD is opening up uh, uh, one of the campuses here on the on this side of uh, uh, North Central. Uh, UTD, which is in Richardson, is on the west side of North Central. Right. They're moving. Uh, they're they're placing one of the campuses on the east side now. Mm-hmm. Uh, called the CENT IQ, which is the Center for Emerging and Innovative Technologies, which will handle the likes of things like AI and machine learning, um, uh, you know, a lot of cutting edge research. And so the CENT IQ is going to be part of the innovation quarter as well. So in, in general, you know, they, they, the telecom corridor still exists, but they're trying to revitalize the space by bringing in more of the startup culture, more of the agile culture into, into innovation quarter. You're in an area that seems to move very, very quickly. I mean, once 5G is ubiquitous, I guess it's got to go even faster. You know, we we are yet to see what what is the true potential of 5G. I know there's a lot of hype around it. Right. Um, the kind of applications we see today coming in through our lab, and then there's some really cutting edge things. However, you know, what is, what is offered by 5G, we're still not seeing. Uh, we are, I think, just at the tip of the iceberg. Um, and, and again, it goes back to what can we imagine? You know, we, obviously, we've, we've done a lot um, in the past decade or so, you know, coming in through once the iPhone was launched, you know, streaming and whatnot, the kind of applications that have come in. Um, now, of course, you know, a lot of the applications that come in and through our lab today is more of the optimization kind of applications where these are existing applications that run on 4G. Now they want to test it on 5G right. and kind of confirm that it still it still works with the kind of speeds and bandwidth that's available um, so much of those are optimization, but there are some new uh, applications in the healthcare space coming in um, that have not been seen uh, just as yet, but these are all in uh, proof of concept phases. Um, but then going forward, you know, what is what is possible? You know, uh, the, it is yet to be seen, you know, because we don't even know what what is the needs of tomorrow. For instance, when they say, for instance, a hyperloop, if that becomes a reality, the speeds at which those pods are going to move, no, no wireless network today can actually conduct a wireless call from a Hyperloop pod. But that's where 5G comes in, where it provides that kind of hypermobility. You know, when, when things are moving at that high speed, uh, we are able to conduct calls, do handoffs, do handovers. Um, you know, so, those are, so that's why I say, you know, 5G is here, but we, we just don't know, you know, the needs of tomorrow, where, which is where the applications have to begin. Right. They have to, you know, they have to envision what tomorrow's world is going to look like and start bringing those applications in today. Um, I know it's kind of a, you know, we, a lot of the telecom folks are talking about 5G, but it's really the application developers, you know, the the community that has to now start picking up and saying, 
you know, this is what I can do with 5G. Yeah, it's really going to be fun to see what what develops here over the rest of this decade. And uh, you're right. I guess we're we're right on the cusp. Rashmi Varma is the founder, president, chief technical officer of Innovate 5G. We appreciate the time. Thank you very much. Well, thank you, David. It's uh, it's interesting to note that um, I, my my or my co-founder from my first venture, which was iCode, was actually on your on your show a few years ago. So it's it's kind of good to see that circle come back and <laughs> have a chance to talk to you. It, it indeed it is, and it and it's, it's great to see the innovation continue. For more of our conversation with Ms. Varman, go to krld.com/ceo. I'm David Johnson, News Radio 1080 KRLD.